There was a Christian lady who lived next door to an atheist. Every day, he would hear her pray and it, through his window, and it just annoyed him thoroughly that she was doing that. And, and he would say to himself, she is crazy. Just praying all the time like that, doesn't she know there is no God? And, and sometimes he would hear her pray, and he would actually go over to her house and knock on the door, he, and he would harass her. He would say, lady, why do you pray all the time? Do you not know that there is no God? But she kept on praying. And one day, she ran out of groceries. And he could hear her praying through the window to God, explaining her situation to God, and saying, God, I know what you're going to do. For, you're going to provide for me. You're going to help me. And I'm, I'm thanking you ahead of time. And he, he's listening to this, and he's saying, I can't believe this. I'm going to fix her. And he went to the grocery store. He bought all kinds of groceries for her, took her, took those groceries to her house, dropped them on the front porch. He rang the doorbell and he hid in the bushes to see what she would do. And when she opened the door and she saw all the groceries there, she began to praise the Lord with all of her heart. She was jumping up and down and she was shouting and singing and, and giving thanks to God for the groceries that he had provided. The atheist jumped out of the bushes and said to her, you crazy lady, God did not provide for you those groceries. I did. And that's when the lady really went crazy. She went jumping off of the porch and running down the street, shouting hallelujah and praising the Lord. He finally caught up with her and said, what is your problem? And she said, I knew the Lord would provide me with some groceries. I didn't know that he would make the devil pay for them. <laughs> I hope that you are taking my challenge seriously about prayer as we have been in this series for the fourth Sunday now. Let me remind you about this little booklet. If you haven't picked one of these up, I encourage you to do so. There in the lobby at the Welcome Center, you can pick one of these up. It is a daily devotional on the subject of prayer. One of our own members has worked hard in putting this together. And it will benefit you if you take the time to go through this and, and study about prayer. But as I said to you a few weeks ago, you can study about prayer. You can hear all kinds of sermons about prayer. You can read books about prayer. You can go to small groups on Sunday night and watch video lessons on the subject of prayer. And you can talk with your group and discuss uh, the subject of prayer and all of that will be a very positive thing. But if you don't carve out time in your schedule for the purpose of prayer, then you'll re never really know or learn how to pray. You learn to pray by praying. And as I have said over the weeks past, when you take the time to pray, it will change your life. Prayer changes everything. And for sure, it will change you. Luke chapter 11, Jesus' disciples made a request of him. They said, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? And I think that would be a good request for us to make of Jesus, that we would simply say to him, as we enter into our own prayer closet, 
Lord Jesus, would you teach me how to pray? Would you help me to understand prayer better and and just grow me in my prayer life? I gave to you a word last week that we are making an acrostic from, and, and that word will serve simply as a guide for you in helping you know how to pray. The word was active. And we can take each letter from that word and learn about a different aspect of prayer. A is for adoration or praise. And and I said to you last week, He is deserving of all the praise that we can give to Him. I was reading just recently from 1 Samuel, and in chapter 5 of that book, it tells about the time that the Ark of the Covenant was brought into the temple of Dagon. Now, Dagon was the god that the Philistine army worshipped. And they had captured the Ark of God and brought it into this temple of their false god. And the next morning, after people had awakened and they went into that temple, they found Dagon on his face on the ground. Now, Dagon was nothing more than just a a sculptured piece of rock made into a god that the people worshipped. And so it wasn't right for Dagon to be on his face. And so they raised him back up and set him upright and... And the next night, down he went again. Of course, God is the one who's doing this. And he wanted to prove that there is only one God. And that God was not Dagon. That second time that he was on his face, his head was severed from his body and his hands were severed. There is only one God and he is Jehovah God and he is worthy of our praise and adoration and he's the creator of all things he is the sustainer of all things he is our provider and our protector he is our rock he is our shelter amidst the times of storm he is our helper he is our comforter he is good he is holy he is love he is the source of eternal life and we could go on and on and on this morning talking about the fact that our God is worthy of adoration and sometimes when you pray you may want to spend your whole time right here with the letter A, with adoration, just praising Him. He's worthy of all the praise that we could give to Him. The psalmist said it this way, God is enthroned upon the praises of His people. Letter C stands for confession. We talked about that last week as well. We need to confess our sins to God and thankfully we can go directly to God through Jesus. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, or He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to go to God in confession, and there needs to be a brokenness along with our confession. The Bible calls that repentance. A is adoration, 
C is confession. T, what was it? Thanksgiving. And we have a lot to be thankful for, each and every one of us. We, we simply are coming to God and we are saying thank you to Him for what He has done for us personally. Thank you, Father, for my health. Thank you for my wife, my, my kids, you women. Thank you for my husband. Thank you, God, for my home and my job and, and for my freedom. God, thank you for, and you fill in the blank. God has bestowed upon each and every one of us so many blessings. We need to count our blessings and name them one by one and knowing from whom they have come. They have come to us from God. He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. James says. I don't know about you, but for me, if I give a gift to someone at Christmas time or, or for their birthday, it's kind of nice for them to turn around and say thank you, to acknowledge that gift and, and to express appreciation for that gift. I don't give the gift to be thanked, but it's nice to receive the thanks. And I think God appreciates our thanksgiving to Him. Several times the Psalms says this, give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness is everlasting. We need to be a thankful people. Don't take those good gifts that He gives to you for granted. That brings us to the next letter. I stands for intercession. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Do you know what that says to me? That says that praying is a better option for us than worrying. When we're facing a stressful situation, it's much better for us, instead of worrying, to to give it to God, to pray to Him. And the next verse says that God's peace will then be given to us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. To intercede for another is to go to God in their behalf. We are praying for them. We are making requests. We are petitioning God for them. And let me just say this to you. That is the benefit of having a prayer list. I'm going to encourage you. If you, don't, if you are not one who has a prayer list, I want to encourage you to get one. Go to Dollar General, go to Walmart, just get you a little, uh, a little notepad that you can be, uh, make a prayer list out of that. Uh, that prayer list, for me, helps me to remember who I need to be praying for, whether I need to be praying for, for Tom or, or, or Terry or Dean or, or whoever it is that I need to be praying for. I wonder if you're like me. Sometimes there have been moments that I have told someone that I would pray for them and then I forget to do so. Has that ever been true for you? 
that, that somebody's come to you with a request, hey, would you pray for me about this? Oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then I turn around and I forget. A prayer list would help me in that situation. If I would write their name down on that prayer list, then it will remind me that I need to be praying for them, what I need to be praying for them about. And then the other good thing about that prayer list is that I have those names, and when I begin to see God answering those prayers, I can put a PTL, a praise the Lord, beside their name, and I can date it, and over time, I can be encouraged over the fact that God is answering a number of my prayers. And when somebody asks me, Kevin, what's a prayer that you've had answered lately? I, I know, God's looking, God's answering prayer. I'm not fumbling around in my mind saying, well, I don't know. Has he ever answered a prayer for me? Prayer list helps me remember the goodness and the grace and the work of God. I want to encourage you to pray for people who need saved. Pray for those who are lost by name. Make a list of five to ten people that you personally know who need Jesus and pray for them regularly. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, says the book of James. Pray for the sick. Those folks need our prayer support. Pray for those that you know of who are struggling. Maybe you know of someone who's struggling in their marriage. Maybe you know of someone who needs a job or someone who has lost a loved one and they need the comfort of God. Pray for those people. I'm a list kind of a guy. So in my prayer, in my personal prayer book, I have a page of, of folks that I'm praying for who need Jesus, and I'm praying for them on a regular basis by name. And I'm praying for those who need God's healing touch. And I'm praying for those who, who are struggling in, in one way or another. I, I, I have a, a, several lists in my prayer book. I have a list of our missionaries that we support and our Timothys, and I'm praying for them on a regular basis. I have a page in my book that has Jonathan's name on it, my son. And underneath that name are the several things that I'm praying for him about on a regular basis. And I have a, a, in my prayer book a, a page with Abby's name on it and Rebecca's name on it and Cindy's name on it. My, my two daughters and my, my wife, and I'm praying for them on a regular basis of what they need prayer for. I pray for the staff here at church. I pray for the elders and the deacons. I, I have some guys in a, in a discipleship group that I meet with on a weekly basis, and, and I'm praying for them by name. Let me ask you, what if we all were supportive of each other in prayer? Wouldn't that be a great thing? 
I'm mindful of the story in Exodus chapter 17 where Israel was fighting with the Amalekites. Moses had gone up onto the mountain overlooking the valley below where the battle was taking place. As long as Moses held his staff up over his head, Israel was winning the battle. But you know, you can only do that for so long. Your hands get tired. They droop. And every time he would drop his arms and drop the staff of God, then the Amalekites would begin to win the battle. Do you remember what the solution was? There were two fellas on the mountain with him. Their names were Aaron and Hur. And they helped him. They got a rock for Moses to sit on. And, and they, then they, they stood beside him and they helped him support his arms in the air. They helped him hold those hands up until the sun set. And as a result, the battle was won for Israel. I'm, I'm thinking, we need to be an Aaron and a Hur for those who are tired and weary. We need to be people who will come alongside of others and pray for them. And when we do that, we'll see the difference that prayer makes. Prayer changes everything. If you're one who gets a prayer book and you're making your list of people to pray for, could I ask you, would you pray for me? I want you to pray for me. And I know that each one of the the ones on staff would be saying the same thing. Would you pray for me? I need you to pray for me. We covet your prayers. You want me to be a better preacher? Pray for me. You want me to be a better soul winner? Pray for me. You want me to be more compassionate? Pray for me. I need your prayers. We, we need each other's prayers. How about this to think about? Jesus, and I love this. This is my favorite point of this whole sermon. Jesus is interceding for each of us. I, I want you to think about that. The Son of God is at the right hand of the Father and He is praying for you to the Father. Let me me show you some verses that bear bear evidence of that. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. It says, Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is He who died. Yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. There it is. What's he doing in heaven? He's interceding for you and for me. Hebrews seven twenty-five. Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. That's speaking of Jesus. I love that verse. He's always living to make intercession for us. How about just a page over, chapter 9, verse 
24. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Who better to intercede for us to the Father than Jesus Himself? He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're feeling and what our needs are. And He is praying to the Father in our behalf. I just want to say thank you, Jesus. Amen? Jesus is praying for you. Whatever it is you're going through, He knows about it. He cares about you. And he's turning to the Father and he's saying, Father, would you give grace to your child? Kevin, Judy, Christina, Tom Davis. He's praying for you. Before I get to the next letter, let me mention one more thing. It's okay to pray for yourself. Don't let Satan convince you otherwise. I have talked with folks through the years who've had this, this idea that, that we shouldn't pray for ourselves. They'll gladly pray for somebody else, but they feel like it's, for whatever reason, that it's not right for them to pray for themselves. That's, that's not anywhere validated in Scripture. It's okay for you to pray for yourself. Don't let Satan convince you otherwise. He is a liar, Jesus said. He is the father of lies. And if he's trying to feed you this lie that you shouldn't be praying for yourself, recognize the source of where that's coming from. Because it's not truth. Let's go to letter V. V stands for vanquishing Satan. This is simply emphasizing the point that we are in a spiritual war. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. Rather, our enemy is supernatural. And so we need supernatural strength to help us. Supernatural help that is beyond that of our enemy, and that help comes from above. Greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. And Jesus' model prayer emphasized this aspect of praying. He taught His disciples to pray, saying, Deliver us, what? From the evil one. And He prayed a very similar kind of prayer for His disciples before He was entering into those dark hours in front of Pilate and Annas and and Caiaphas. This was his prayer for his disciples. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. That's John 17, 15. So I want to encourage you, and you're praying, that you would pray prayers that would vanquish the power of the enemy especially in the lives of those who are dearest and nearest to your heart. I pray this prayer regularly. Lord God, would you protect Jonathan 
from the evil one. Heavenly Father, would you protect Abby? And would you protect Rebecca from the evil one? May they never stray from the truth. May they always walk in your ways. Lord God, would you, would you help that my family would spend eternity in heaven together, that there would not be one person left out. And I've added one to that prayer request lately. My granddaughter, Mackenzie, Joanna, she is five months old, and already I am praying for God to protect her from the evil one. And that's a prayer that we all should be praying for those whom we love. He is stronger than the devil. You believe that? And we pray that his protective hand be upon those that we love. Letter E stands for extreme prayer. And by that, I simply mean don't hesitate to ask God for something big. He is in the business of extreme answers. I, my mind this last week just went through the pages of Scripture thinking about his extreme answers to prayer. For Daniel, he closed the mouths of lions. For Hannah, he opened her barren womb to have a child. For Abraham and Sarah, they had to send out baby invitations as she was at the age of 90. <laughs> That's extreme prayer, isn't it? Answer. For Moses, he opened the waters of the Red Sea. For Elisha, you remember? All kinds of things that, that God did for Elisha. But one thing he did, he caused an axe head to float in the water. For Hezekiah, he lifted him up from his deathbed and gave him 15 more years to live. For Jairus in the New Testament, he gave him back his daughter from the dead. For the woman in Mark chapter 5 who had been bleeding for 12 years and the doctors could do nothing for her, Jesus gave her back her dignity as well as her health. For the man in John 9 who had been blind since birth, he gave him his eyesight. God majors in hearing and answering extreme prayers. And my encouragement to you would be don't hesitate to ask God for something big. Don't, don't hesitate to ask Him for something that seemingly is impossible. James chapter 4 says, you don't have because you don't ask. Well, does that mean that God is obligated to do for us what we ask Him to do? No, we've talked about that in weeks past. He's not obligated to do anything for us, more than what He has already done. He's given us His Son. He's given us the best gift possible. And so God's not obligated to us, but He... He so much is willing to hear from us in our praying. And, and maybe He's just waiting for us to ask.
What is an extreme prayer that you could pray to him about? I want you to think in your mind. What is an extreme prayer that you could pray to him about? Do you have someone in your family that others have said of him or her? They'll never be reached. Pray for them. Do you have a prodigal child that has been away from the faith for way too long? Pray for them. God said through the prophet Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? Do you have a marriage that needs healed? It may be extreme, but it's not impossible for God to heal that marriage. And by the way, when you pray such a prayer, God, heal my marriage. He may be wanting to do a work in your life, and you may need to be doing some things to help that situation yourself. And you need to be open to that. As we come to the conclusion today, and we're going to sing an invitation hymn, I simply want to invite you, if you have something extreme on your heart and your mind of what you want to ask God for, to come. And this, this right here, all the way this stage area is going to be an altar. And I'm inviting you to come and simply pray at the altar. Or get on the front row. Some of you can't kneel physically. Sit on the front row and just, I want you to pray to God an extreme request. Believing that He is able to answer. And I hope that we'll have some people move today. I hope that we'll have some people willing to come up here with faith and say, God, would you move in that family member's life? Would you heal? Would you save? There is nothing that he cannot do. There is nothing too difficult for him. We simply need to be bold enough to ask. Remember Luke chapter 1, 37? And I appreciate guys coming already. And you can come as I talk. Luke 1, 37. The angel is talking to Mary. She has been told this news. That you have been chosen to bear a child. Son of the Most High God. She says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And the angel said, nothing will be impossible with God. Let's sing together.